the Wall Street Journal said he's one of the most innovative minds in football. He's a rat. ESPN once called him the guru of the spread. Scumbag. Football Scoop labeled him the mastermind behind college football's number one offense. Nobody likes him, not even his family. He took three separate teams over a five-year period and made each a top-ten offense. Yeah, but he's such a horse's ass. He was fired by future United States Senator Tommy Tuberville in the middle of the season, even though he had a 5-2 and two record. No wonder CBS Sports said there's never been quite a coach like Franklin. He marches to a different beat. Pariah, an outcast, a person or animal that is despised, shunned. Or avoided. Warning. Buckle up and put your big boy pants on. This isn't your friendly kiss-ass coach's show. If you can handle the truth, eject immediately. And now, from parts unknown, it's the pigskin pariah. The one, the only, Coach Tony Franklin. All right, guys, continuing on, we are on badass coordinator, play caller, and mastermind, session number 14. So one of the most important things to remember when you're studying your opponent is that they haven't played you yet. This is one of the most confusing things in football. You watch somebody on film. They are badass dudes that are just beating the living shit out of everybody. And you have no idea what you're going to do. You have no idea if you can have any success at all. But they haven't played you yet. Same thing goes for you look at somebody and they are terrible. They can't stop anybody. They've only played three games and everybody has just kicked the living shit out of them. And you therefore assume that so will you. But you have to remember, they haven't played you yet. History can sometimes lie because opponents and the players that played in those games versus you playing them and them playing you can be completely misleading, especially early in the season. You don't understand who you are yet, and you don't understand who they are yet. So you have to remember that when you're watching somebody and you're preparing for somebody, you think you know, but in reality, you don't know anything yet until you play them. And you don't know when you play them, they may have had two or three guys out that hadn't played yet. You may have two or three guys that haven't played yet. You might get one guy back or they might get one guy back It changes the entire chemistry of their football team. So don't be shocked if you play a really shitty team that all of a sudden ain't shitty anymore. Don't be shocked if you think you're really good and you ain't worth a shit anymore. Everything is relative in football, just like it is in life. You can't compare apples to oranges. So, When you're watching the film, you look at them and you say to yourself, well, they can't run the ball. 
nobody can run the ball against them, so therefore we can't run the ball. You don't know that. You might get in there and they're giving up 30 yards a game in the run game and you run for 300. You might have been only averaging 50 yards in the run game because, again, everything is relative. You get good as a coordinator when you understand that, when you realize that everything is relative. And so you don't discount everything. You don't discount it until you get through at least probably 15 to 20 plays in a quarter. And then you can start to figure it out. You decide what they can do and what you can't do. Then you decide what you can do and you adjust the plan. One of the biggest things that is the building of an offensive coordinator and a play caller is for him to understand who he is throughout the season and that that can adjust, that that can change. And again, sometimes it's personnel, guys getting hurt and guys getting well. And sometimes it's just relativity. Is Again, there's lots of football teams that are 4-0 and 5-0 and averaging 50 points a game who really aren't that good. They just played really shitty teams. And there's other teams that are 1-4 and 1-5 and and that are really good that just got the bad luck of the draw. As I said, the last couple of seasons that I coached in football, there were times where we were just as good as we were. As a matter of fact, you could compare the offense of 2018 at Middle Tennessee versus the offense of 2019 at Middle Tennessee. It looks like when you look at the record, it looks like that that offense was a lot better, which wasn't true. What was the difference was the defense in 2018 was a lot better than the defense in 2019. And we had to be perfect, and we weren't. We couldn't be. We weren't good enough. But when you compare the scores of of the opponents and the defenses of the opponents, the thing that changed dramatically in 2019 and then again in 2020 were the fact that we just played some really good defenses. And when you play some really good defenses, sometimes those things just are just something that you just can't adjust to. So you have to remember that stuff when you're trying to figure out who you are and how you're planning in football. Another thing that you can tell a non-seasoned offensive coordinator versus a seasoned coordinator is do they have an answer to cover zero? If they have an answer to cover zero, then you know somebody has, has either worked their ass off or they've been embarrassed before. Because if you don't have an answer to an all-out blitz where they bring more than you can block and you don't know how to, to attack that, you got problems. I mean, you're going to be embarrassed. And it's happened to most everybody that's ever called plays. When somebody goes cover zero, there's a few possibilities. One is you throw a screen game and you get a couple of blocks and you score, and then that slows them down. The other answer is, is that you motion a receiver, a slot receiver especially, you orbit motion him, he stays in and protects, and then all of a sudden the numbers balance out because the guy who's covering him is not going to blitz. If you orbit motioning, that guy's still going to stay in coverage on him. 
and he's not going to come. And if he did come, it would be really, really, really late as a blitzer. So you have to understand that. And you have to have an answer for cover zero. The other thing that you can do versus cover zero is move the pocket. When you roll out, you can eliminate somebody coming from the backside and you can pick up everything from the front side and it buys you the leverage in order to be able to get off a deep ball, a deep corner route, a deep inside fade, even a deep go route. It buys you the time to be able to do that. You can also you can also get in big sets and slide protect if you know when it's coming, if you know when you're going to get it. But you have to have an answer for it. A lot of people say, well, just drop back and run the mesh. Well, that's fine if you're going to throw the deep route. The thing you have to understand about throwing the mesh is that if you're throwing the meshers, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get sacked because you don't have enough time for the meshes to take place. Quarterback's going to have to scramble, make somebody miss, buy some time. And obviously, if it works, then it's great. Hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after this short message. You're listening to the Coach Tony Franklin Podcast. In the last 21 years, the Tony Franklin system has been covered and mentioned in USA Today, Forbes, NPR, The Wall Street Journal, CBS, and ESPN. Why? Because my clients, high school coaches from all over the country, middle school coaches, and even college and NFL coaches, have had careers change forever. They've set NCAA records. They've set high school records. They've won state championships. They've won conference championships. And they've even won national championships. Why? Because in the system, we teach them quarterback mastery, every drill that you can imagine, game planning, fundamentals, coordinating an offense and defense, raising money, being the best you can be in your strength program, how to run a system, tempo, RPOs, career advancement, crisis management, and even recruiting. And many of my clients have paid in the neighborhood of 10, 20, 30, 50, some even close to $100,000 over that period of time. I put it all together, everything that we've done that's of value, I've got it all in one file now, and for the first time ever, and the only time, and for a short period of time, I'm selling the entire system. It's not a one-year subscription like my normal programs have been. This is a lifetime product that you get to keep forever. If you're interested, simply send me an email at coachtf at gmail.com, coachtf at gmail.com, and say, hey, Tony. Send me that stuff. I heard about it on your podcast. I'll send it out to you immediately. Any of your rollout rub stuff versus cover zero is a good answer because, again, if you get the ball off, which you should in a rollout, and you get the rub, then you're going to have a chance for a touchdown, for a big play touchdown. So always remember, you got to figure out when are they going to go cover zero. Is it when you cross a certain part of the field? Is it when you hit them for a big play? Is it on third and two or less? You got to have an idea and you got to be good at the guessing game. Or sometimes you can just go check. Don't go freeze because if you go freeze, they may check out of it. But if you just go check with me, start, start, make it look like you're going to start your cadence and you're just doing a check deal and you see that they're in zero, then you can check 
to those good plays, but you got to be able to understand when that is. Another thing that a great coordinator does is that they have a really good practice rhythm for the entire year. The rhythm does not change. Throughout the season, your practice rhythm should be the same. Your Sunday should be the same. Your Tuesday should be the same. Your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday. All of that stuff should be basically the same. The only thing you might do is that you might shorten the minutes of your practices as the season goes. One of the best coaches that I've ever known was Rush Probst. And Rush Probst, as a high school football coach, there's a lot of coaches that could get into the playoffs and have good players. But what Rush told me a long time ago was that the longer the season went, the shorter the practices needed to be. The only thing that mattered in the playoffs were advancing to the next round. And if you advance to the next round, you need to have your players healthy. If you got them healthy, you got a much better chance of winning football games. And again, that's the only thing that matters in the playoff deal. So you don't need to have sudden dramatic changes in formations or play design unless you're bad. If you're bad, here's the one thing I can tell you from history. If you're really bad, you're just not very good on offense, then you got to get more creative in formations and motions and gimmicks and play design than if you're good. If you're good, if you've got good players, the simpler you are, the more repetitive you are, the faster you can play, that's the only thing that matters. Because when you're good, in other words, you've got good talent, you're going to be better than most people that you play, at least as good as most people you play. But if you're a little bit better than most people you play, then you don't want to be fancy. You don't want to have a lot of formations. All you want to do is play fast and get the ball in the hands of people that know what to do when they get it. When you do that, then you're going to be a damn good football coach. The worst thing that you can do when you're really talented and you're really good, the worst thing that you can do, the dumbest thing that you can do is to try to be fancy. Don't be fancy when you're good. When you're good, just play fast, get the ball in the hands of playmakers, and then all of a sudden you'll look smart no matter what. When the ball touches playmakers' hands, coaches look smart. You throw a bubble screen, a guy makes two guys miss and goes 75 yards, that's good coaching. You don't have to be creative. You don't have to bring up and draw up fancy shit. All you got to do is not screw it up. So your rhythm for practice should be basically the same throughout the season. And that's one of the most important things that you can do as time goes through. When making your final script, you add the pieces to the script throughout the week. You can do it a couple of different ways. You can do concepts throughout the week, or you can do formations throughout the week. If you're basically a four wide team, you can do two by two on one day, three by one on another day, and big sets and unbalanced on a third day. You can do special plays, and you can add those special plays whenever you find those special plays. It may be that you've got your gimmick set up for the entire season, and you add them as, as you go through the season. Or it might be that you are on a Wednesday, and you find something on film that you didn't know, and then you add that special play when you find it. 
Always remember tricks are for kids. I'm a kid. I love tricks. So I want to have one or two tricks throughout the season each week. And usually for me, those are usually um, added either Wednesday or Thursday. And, you know, the players, we put those in. We know what we're going to do. Or we have a gimmick and a trick session every day of the week. And you just have a couple of them that you're going to do. The opening numbers that you're going to have, your opening script, it's different. As I've talked about before, Dana Hogerson did a great presentation that you guys all have, is that when he was at West Virginia, he had a six-play script versus Clemson in the bowl game. They scored 70 points, and all he did was repeat those six, six plays because they worked. You don't have to have a long script. I've said this over and over and over again. The worse you are, the longer your script needs to be. If you've got a really bad team, a really bad offense, you need a longer script, better play design, more in different formations and motions because you suck. You've got to do something special in order to be able to get a first down. So remember that as you're doing it. The other thing that you've got to be able to do is to be good at making your second half script. When you make your second half script, what have you done? You've basically gone into this thing. You realize that you're not very good. And what you do is that throughout the first half, you just take a yellow highlighter and you highlight the plays to get more than five yards. I go in at half. I look at the yellow plays. If I've got a whole bunch of yellow plays, that's damn good. I'm going to make my script from those. If I've only got five or six yellow line plays, then those five or six yellow line plays are going to be how I start out the second half. It's not that hard. Or, as Bill Walsh once said, you make the second half script before the game, and it's something that the other team has not seen yet. I think that's okay, but I like running plays that work the first half and running those plays the second half. And then finally, as the game goes on, it's all about adjusting. You adjust, you adjust, and you adjust. The guy that's the best adjuster is the best play caller. You also repeat and repeat and repeat. For example, if you run zone right, bubble left, and you get seven yards, run it again. If you get seven yards again, run it again. If you get seven yards again, run it again. We had a game against Houston in 2012 when I was at Louisiana Tech. That was the year we averaged 52 points a game. In that game, we had a drive. We were in the same play seven or eight plays in a row. Why? Because they couldn't stop it. So if they can't stop it, don't quit running it. Repeat, 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 repeat. The other thing that's really good and really easy is to script the six principles throughout the game. Don't even think about writing down plays. Just write run, play action, throw, screen, pocket move, gimmick. And then just mix those six principles up and continue to mix those up over and over and over again. If you do that, I guarantee you'll keep people off balance like you would couldn't imagine. I talked about this before. You can go run, 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 play action. And obviously in the run game, you're mixing in the RPOs. Okay. You can go throw, 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 screen. You can do pocket move, pocket move, gimmick. Or you can do run, 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 gimmick off the run game. So you can do all of that throughout the ball game and just continually looking at those six 
um, principles of calling plays, and then that's all you have to do. So that is session 14 on the badass offensive coordinator and game planning script. Thanks for listening to today's show. One, go to coachtf.com slash podcast and leave us your email so we can send you your free download for our pigskin pocket card, which gives you 10 simple steps to follow daily to ensure an amazing life. Two, do something good today for someone who can never repay you and you'll have truly lived an amazing life. Three, join us Monday through Friday for new episodes and download any of our episodes wherever you get your podcast or simply download from our coachtf.com slash podcast. Four, give us a five-star review today so we can continue to put together entertaining and informative episodes. Always remember, do good, no repay.